This is the Hawthorne 73 Drive Podcast. Design, rigor, innovate, victory, everyone. What's driving you? Hey, everybody, it's your D73 Drive co-host, John Reed, here. Uh, due to some unforeseen projects that have come up in the last week or so leading up to the winter break, we did not actually have a chance to record a new episode for this one, and then we're going to take a little bit of a break over winter break, and we'll come back in January. So we wanted to pull out from the archives one of our early episodes on AI. we would gotten a lot of feedback and questions on um, AI, and there seemed to be a lot of interest in the AI topic. So we wanted to pull out one from uh, early on in the show that talked about some AI resources. And obviously there are new ones popping up all the time, but we wanted to bring this one back out for you. And if after listening to this episode, you've got any questions about AI tools that you could be using in your classroom or in your work as office staff or wherever you may be, please, please reach out and let us know because we would love to get you connected up with some great resources. All right, enjoy the show and have a wonderful winter break. When we talk about rigor, we're talking about how we can connect to real world issues and experiment with creative problem solving. My favorite. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite. So, and we were kind of talking uh, before we started recording, we were talking about how really rigor is using like real solutions to things. Mm-hmm. It's figuring out how to take the sometimes hypothetical and nebulous kind of things that you might learn in a classroom, but how do I apply that to the real world? How do I use that to do real world problem solving? And I know you were, you've got a yes. book in front of you. You've I been do. reading, reading so a bunch of I have creative been innovators. Read, yes, I have been reading creative innovators. It's a great the, book. It's a great book by Tony Wagner, The Making of Young People Who Will Change the World. And I just love that title. And You know, as John and I constantly talk about rigor and what's important in classroom instruction, we always go back to real world application. Like that is constant. Like every time I walk into a classroom, I'm always looking for, does this really mean something when a kid leaves our school and does some sort of job or is out in the community? Like, how does this apply to uh, your real life? And so I think when we talk about rigor, that's what makes it so challenging, like taking content and actually applying it, twisting it, innovating it, designing it, changing it. So um, that's what we constantly think about. And as I was just telling John before we came on and turned the microphone on, I am just so like obsessed about the term creativity and what's what Wagner discovered um, in 2010, and it was in Newsweek, a Newsweek article about how the cre- creativity of our young people, our students, our children is declining yearly. And that to me is like, oh my God, um, it's so scary. But that they talk about, is it from being on video games? Is it from just not interacting with people? Or is it, and this is what worries me, or is it the lack of creativity development in our school, the lack of play, the lack of letting kids be imaginative and and out of their seats and playing? Like when you, like I'm older than you, yeah. but when I think about me in kindergarten, I played most of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You probably less than me because you're younger than me, but when I think about even our kindergartners now, like how much, I know they play, but like, the, the ratio of what, how I spent my day as a little one pretending and imagining compared to these little guys. I'm not sure it's the same. Yeah. So, you know, all of that wound in with 
what's happening in our classroom and the rigor and what we're having students actually do in the classroom is a concern. And, and the more you read about what's, what jobs there are coming and what our, all of our companies are saying, we want innovative people, we want problem solvers, we want creative problem solvers, we want self-thinkers and self-starters. You know, as you and I in the innovation department, we want to make sure that's happening in our classrooms. Yeah, and actually one of the speakers that I saw at the conference that I went to, his name is Daniel Burris, and uh, he has he has a couple of different books. He's kind of been known since the early 90s as somebody who has a pretty good track record on trying to predict trends related to technology and, and related to innovations that are coming out. And, um, you know, I think some of the ones he predicted, he mentioned were like self-driving cars. Yeah. Like back in the 90s, he predicted we would have some degree of self-driving <laughs> cars and we do now. Um, but he also, he had some interesting points that he had made. Um, he had listed 12 competencies for future success. And this is was part of his presentation. I believe it's also part of his book. Um, it was called The Anticipatory Organization. Huh. And it was about, it wasn't just geared towards education, but organizations in general. So the, the kind of workplaces that our students may end up in someday, um, he's also working with them as well. And some of them fit perfectly into the kind of real world applications that we want for our students. So just some of the, I won't go through all the competencies, but some of the ones he mentioned were effective communication, mm-hmm. um, you know, written, visual, oral, two-way communication, um, collaboration, how to engage with people virtually and with physical teams, which I think in certain ways we've gotten better at in the last few years, um, sometimes not by choice, mm-hmm. but by necessity. Um, being, and this was a big one he talked about, being adaptable and agile. Um, being able to ra- react quickly to changes. Right. And um, not freak out about it. And like, not freak out about it. Lose your mind. Right. But also not just that, but also anticipating those things too. Not just oh. being adaptable or agile, but also anticipating so that wow. you get ahead of the change before it even happens. Talk about rigor. Which, which is rigor <laughs> and which we've also talked about too is one of the definitions of innovation. Right. That you're changing before you need to. Um, so we, we talk about that constantly. Um, some of the other things, service delivery, he talks mm-hmm. about kind of having like a service mindset, like customer oriented. Right. So even when you're talking with students, you know, when they're creating products in their class, they're creating a presentation, they're creating a website, they're right. creating something. And then when you talk about having an authentic audience, that's where you want to try to figure out, okay, well, who is this really for? Right. I mean, I, I will admit that in my language arts classroom, I didn't always focus as much on that piece as I feel like I should have. Their audience was myself and the other 12, 13 year olds that were in the room. Um, there were a few times where I did, you know, push them more to really get a, a, an authentic audience outside of the four walls of our right. classroom. But that's more of the kind of stuff that we need to be doing because that's more of what for our students to be future leaders and innovators, that's what right. they're going to need to be doing when they get, when they leave our schools. But that's what we want them doing before they leave our schools, right, while, well, they're still here, while they're still here and while we can coach them into better ways to communicate and share and present and, and all those pieces. But I feel like we do that maybe once or twice a year mm-hmm. where we have our students are writing to the village board and then we figure, sure. okay, we've done something authentic. But like our content should always be wrapped around how is this going to change the world or how are we changing this problem? What is the problem? in right. this content and you know what are different perspectives all those things that we talk about with rigor yeah 
What yeah. else did do you have any other good ones? Um, so he talked about. I already kind of mentioned the anticipatory skills, I love that one. being able to anticipate. Talk about he, he talked about <laughs> anticipating problems and disruptions. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and obviously in the business world, when you talk about disruption, sometimes to us that sounds like a bad word. Um, but a disruption is just something that changes the status quo. Right. And so that's innovation. disruptions are good. Right. And we're going to talk in just a minute again, as we have for the last couple of episodes, about the chat GPT AI platform. That has been a huge disruption uh, in all fields up to mm-hmm. this point. Like there are things that are changing with computer programmers. There are cha- things that are changing in the education world because of this tool. And this was a tech conference that I went to. So that's all they were talking about was AI and what AI is doing now, going to do, how this is just the first step, and things are going to get even more complex and, and sophisticated as we go along. So we'll, we'll talk more about that in just a minute. Um, the other really important competencies he talked about were relationship building, uh, having interpersonal people skills, being tech savvy, being comfortable using new technologies, and again, not freaking out uh, when using the new technologies, kind of being uh, to use... Uh, to use Dr. Hannigan's turn, nimble and flexible right. when using technology. Uh, strategic listening, active and passive listening, emotional intelligence and empathy, um, and career mastery, like learning how to build the skills that you need to, to do the career that you've chosen. Well, and, and those are all things that we should be doing now with our students in the classroom because this is their, this is their learning lab to right. figure that out. Well, and I, you know, as I keep reading more and more about, like, what are the skills of innovators? Like, what what do they possess? Can they be taught? I think that's another mm-hmm. interesting thing that Tony Wagner talks about. Like, can I? Are you just born being creative? And what the research sure. is saying is no. Yeah. That we should be teaching it in our classroom and all those things that you're mentioning. But as we keep mentioning with episode after episode critical thinking skills, problem solving, how to access and analyze information that's already there. And they make, you know, we've got communicating it. And just, I just keep going back to curiosity and imagination. Like I want kids, sorry, teachers out there. I want kids to challenge the status quo. Like, why are we learning this? How is this important? Is this really the only way? We can do things like always being curious. And I, I think. Don't be afraid of those kind of yes. questions. Like hope that your kids ask them. Hope that they're asking them. Because <laughs> I know I was always the kid in my math class. I was always like, <laughs> why Like, why do we need to know this? Like, they're like, how is this important? And, and so many times, and not just, I'm not picking on just the math teachers because this is everybody. So many times my math teachers as a kid were just like, well, just because you need to. Well, as a kid, that's not a good enough answer. My parents used to tell me because I told you so, and mm-hmm. like, okay, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't yeah. mean much to me. I I feel like I need more than that. Um, those are the kind of kids we want, like the kids that want to know and dig deeper into it. Like, why do I I I will do this, mm-hmm. but why do I need to know yeah, this? Why yeah. I think another skill that I keep reading about, which I think is very interesting, kind of goes to what we're going to be talking about with artificial intelligence, is optimism. And I think when you look at things with optimism, that that's the perspective you have. The artificial intelligence, instead of being scary, which mm-hmm. it is, yeah. I just saw it on national TV, the Today Show, they were all terrified. Oh, yeah. All of the anchors <laughs> were like, what is going mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. But like you and I keep talking about like being, wow, 
this is a tool that we could use in the classroom to help us with rigor. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. having another person in the classroom. So yeah. I love that innovators should also have a skill of optimism, mm -hmm. like that we can get that. Like, right, it, it helps us be motivated to change the world with different things. So let's talk a little bit about, since it's you know so current right mm -hmm. now, artificial intelligence, let's talk about how we can use it in the classroom, good things to help with our rigor in the classroom. Yeah, like I think some really good examples are AI can help with research. Mm -hmm. It can help you with data collection, analysis, visualizing it. Um, you know, it's, you can basically input whatever information you want and you can ask it to try to analyze it for you. Um, now again, these are, it's, it's very much at the ground level and they right. are going to get exponentially smarter as we go along. Okay. Um, but, and that's another great thing. And, and one reason why we shouldn't be too afraid of this because it's still, it's not smart enough to really trick us too much. Mm -hmm. Like it still is to the point where, and that's a good lesson for you and your students as well, is that you got to double check your work. Right. Even if you plug something into AI, you still need to check it. And so that's why it's still a good learning tool for students. Um, you know, I would use it for something like uh, writing prompts, like mm -hmm. helping students improve their grammar and their vocabulary, um, giving feedback on it, you know, asking how can I reword some of these, yeah, these things? Like I've had that. several people, several friends that are like, hey, what's that AI thing that you told me about? Can you can you text me the, the link again? Because I'm, I'm writing something for right. work and I just want to find a better way to say this. And I, just, I want it to give me like three or four different options. Right. So like I can, another I figure, it's like having another collaborator. It's like having another collaborator with you. I, I saw yeah. um, another example I thought was really cool too, where a teacher had the AI, the chat, write a, a research paper on something mm -hmm. and then students analyzed that paper. Absolutely. Like, yeah. was it good? What did they miss? Did they have voice? Yeah. What was their organizational well, pattern? I remember as a language arts teacher, I would always be like, I, I want to get more samples. Like, mm -hmm. I need writing yes. samples to have kids look at. With this, I can generate writing samples in any style I want. Mm -hmm. I can go, and I've, I've done this just kind of playing around with it because I'm a language arts nerd. Um, I would ask it to write me certain things in the style of Shakespeare or write oh, certain right. things in the style of Edgar Allan Poe or in the style of um, a, a presidential speech or something like mm -hmm. that. And it will give me all kinds of different styles and it's pretty close. I mean, it's pretty, it'll write you something in, in iambic pentameter if you want, uh, sorry, non-language arts teachers. <laughs> um, but it, it'll write you something in all kinds of different styles. Not just that, but I think what this is moving towards is, and this is where I think it'll really help teachers increase rigor in their classroom and, and spend more time on those kind of activities is we're going to get to the point, I, I truly believe, we're going to get to the point where AI will handle some of our very basic tasks. Right, like repetitive, like, like repetitive tutoring, tasks, right? teaching, um, teaching parts of speech. Mm -hmm. I, I truly believe at some point in the future that teaching parts of speech or teaching addition and, and subtraction will be the job of AI. Now, before anybody freaks out is like, well, I don't want that AI taking my job as mm -hmm. a teacher, it won't because there's always going to be the place where the teacher is not going to teach necessarily how to do addition and subtraction, but right. here's how you balance a budget. Right. Here's how you take those skills and you get more complex with it. AI is, at least for the time being, AI could probably teach you parts of speech uh, and grammar and things like that. It can't teach you how to be a good writer. Right. And that's still Voice. the job of the human. The, the AI is going to, I truly believe, AI is going to enhance the human teacher to be able to do those things that, that you became a teacher for. I probably, I don't think I know too many teachers who said, wow, I really want to get in the classroom so I can diagram sentences and, and teach grammar. 
I want to teach kids how to be better writers. I want to teach them how to be better readers. And I truly believe that as this gets more uh, sophisticated, that it will free up time so that we can do more mm -hmm. of those things that we originally got into teaching for. You know, math teachers, you can get more sophisticated with your lessons as opposed to having to spend all your time focusing on addition and subtraction and the very basic, basic level things. Oh, this so. is this is an exciting time yeah. to be in education with all of the tools. Like I think of AI as another tool that's going to help support our teachers. Yeah. And so we, obviously, we I think we're running out of time, but we... Um, will be able to talk more about this in one of our mm -hmm. episodes and actually give some examples and links and yeah. things like that of how to use it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was that would be one of the last things I would kind of want to leave you with is just reiterating what I just said is I really think that those basic repetitive tasks and lower level things, that's going to be taken care of by AI or mm -hmm. systems like this or, or when we build something like this into tools that we have through existing digital resources, then that allows us to get to those higher levels of yes. the cognitive domain, of the application mm -hmm. analysis, synthesis, evaluation, all of that stuff. Real and world. I, and, and that to me is a, that's a more exciting time to be a teacher when I do get to focus on those things. Mm -hmm. Because that I think exactly. is really what's going to make the changes in our students' lives. Well, I'm looking forward to finishing reading my Creating yeah. Innovators, and you, I know, are going to be sharing more about what you learned at the conference. Yeah. So two books that we've mentioned, if you want to go pick them up somewhere, uh, Creative Inno or Creating Innovators by Tony Wagner, um, and then the one that I've mentioned that I'm reading through right now as well is called The Anticipatory Organization by Daniel Burris. So those are two really good books if you want to go pick them up. I think they're both available on Kindle and uh -huh. on hard copy, whichever one you prefer. But um, as always, thank you so much for joining Yay, us. Thank you for coming. And we will see you back here next week too. Yes, thank you. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the D73 Drive podcast. Design, rigor, innovate, victory, everyone. What's driving you?